Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever been so hungry that you gave away your family's future for a bowl of stew? Although that may seem like a ridiculous proposition, we see in Genesis chapter 25 that Esau does that exact thing. Pastor Jim teaches you today to not be foolish with the gifts God has given you, but rather show discernment and pray for the Lord to show you the right way to go. When you take the time to slow down, you may be shown a better way forward than you thought available. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Genesis chapter 25 as he continues his message, Pain in the Midst of Promises. This is how you get to heaven. You believe God that the only way to get to heaven is to put your trust in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and it will be credited to you as righteousness. In other words, you will, be, you will appear before God as if you had lived Jesus' perfect life. However, that does not mean that we just believe and then go live however we want. We have to take our faith into our daily decisions. We have to take our faith with us. Our faith demonstrates that we, in fact, do believe in God, that, in fact, God has done the miracle of the new birth in our lives. Now, this is something we see over and over again in the Bible, how important it is to trust God when things are going badly. What happens a lot of times is when things are going really well, we forget God. And then when things are going badly, we cry out a few times, and then we're just kind of just, we get embittered with him, and like we're just waiting on him, and we don't, we don't know, we just kind of, what are you doing, God? But here's something you need to be very much aware of, very much aware of. When things are not going well for you, when you're not getting your way, the other guy, how many of you know who the other guy is? Raise your hand nice and high if you know who the other guy is. The other guy, okay, good, most of you know him. The other guy will come along with a great shortcut, right? He will come along with an easier way that might not be so easy. Do not take the bait. And the bait often comes as a shortcut, as a way to get what you want very quickly. To what, Abraham and Sarah? To help God out. And it ends up being a disaster. All I can tell you is this. Waiting is easier for those who trust in the Lord in faith, in prayer, and in daily decisions. See, when I said faith, you all went, yeah. And then I said prayer, you said, yeah. And then I said daily decisions, and most of you went, hmm. <laughs> right? It's those daily decisions that demonstrate the effect of our faith and the effect of our prayer. Some things we just need to leave with Jesus. We just need to say, you know what? I cannot do anything to change this right now. I'm just going to continue to pray. I'm continue to walk in faith. I'm going to continue to obey you in daily decisions and you will find 
as you trust God when life is difficult, that that is actually building your faith. But if you take the shortcut, you're not going to learn that. And so you have to learn to trust in God as, as he builds your faith. So now she's going to have a baby right there. The end of verse 20, 21 said, and Rebecca, the Lord granted his plea, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived, right? All right, we're off to the races, right? Things are going to be a lot easier now. How many of you believe that? I have a bridge to sell you if you do. (laughs) Not really. This is why we must remember, number two, God is in control. God is in control. We call that God's sovereignty. Verse 22, but the children, their names are Jacob and Esau, struggled together within her. Some versions say with each other. They're actually fighting in the womb. I know, I know you're, none of your kids ever fought. Those of you who have kids, they never fought, right? I always say that to the young parents when I see them here. They're like, their kids are crying, and I'm like, you know, my kids never cried. They were always happy. They look at me like, is he serious? He's a pastor. I don't know. <laughs> or I'll see their kids fighting, and I'll be like, our kids never fought. Of course, I don't tell them that I was probably the one that instigated it, but that's another story for another day. And she said, if all is well, why am I like this, right? <laughs> like, okay, God, you answered our prayer. What in the world is going on? Another version says, why is this happening to me? So what is she, what is she kind of saying? She's like, this is so painful. I feel like I'm going to die. Like, what, what is going on? Now, God has the sonogram. He knows what's going on. They didn't have that back then. Like, now they'd be like, oh, it's easy. They're just fighting in the womb. <laughs> so she went to inquire of the Lord. So, so what's her problem? She's afraid. She's afraid. You know, most of you, you, any of you women, that first child, man, you're just afraid. You're like, you don't know what's going on. Oh, you wanted to have a baby, and then all of a sudden you got pregnant, and you're like, oh, gosh, your husband, you're like, I hate what you did to me. <laughs> right? Not my wife, your wife. Okay. And so, so you're, you're there. She's afraid. But when you're afraid, that's why it's so important to remember what? God is in control. That's why it's very important. And you may not like what's going on, but it's important to remember that. Verse 23 says, And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. She's like, It feels like two nations are in my womb. (laughs) And they will be called Israel and Edom, and they will not be friends. The two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger. Now, that would be contrary to custom. It didn't work out that way. Let's just step back, and let's look at the situation here. Isaac was praying to God. God, I have a problem. Please get my wife pregnant. His wife's now, she's praying, Lord, this is a problem being pregnant. They can't get there. This is what we might call a difficult pregnancy. But the Lord says, Oh, oh no, it's way worse than a difficult pregnancy. <laughs> like, thanks God. 
<laughs> There's going to be a much bigger problem with these two boys. Once again, the language seems to be like they're fighting in the womb. They're wrestling. The sibling rivalry has begun, and they haven't even seen the light of day. Now, what does Rebecca need? The same thing we all need when things are not going well. Faith and patience. (laughs) Easy for you to say, Pastor Jim. (laughs) Yeah, she needs faith and patience. Something I fear, the second word, patience, we don't hear enough about that in contemporary American Christian culture, do we? No, 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 no. We want everything right now. Like, Pam and I were talking about this the other day. You know, could you believe years ago if someone said you could just order on Amazon and get it in two days? Now, if you order some things, $25 or, or more, you get them within hours. You're like, what's taking so long? Come on. They said you'd be here by 2. It's 2.05. Where you been, buddy? <laughs> They're like, I got lost. No excuse. No excuse. Now, if you are a, a new follower of Jesus, let me just be perfectly honest with you. The tests are coming. They are. The beginning, sometimes it may be a little bit easier for some people, but the tests are coming. And and the good news is the Lord is with you. And so try not to let them unsettle you or unsettle your faith. Remember that God is in control. He's doing something that you and I can't see. And it's very interesting the way we're introduced to some of these characters here. Genesis, the way Genesis introduces us to this family line of Jesus. We meet Abraham, and he's 75. We're told Isaac is coming, and for chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter in the life of Abraham, we're waiting for him. Finally, Isaac shows up. Now, the first mention of Isaac and Rebekah, boom. Jacob already here. He's not even born yet. Abraham was revered for leaving home and heading to the promised land. As we said, we saw along the way he made plenty of mistakes. Isaac seems to be to play less of a role. We'll see a little bit more about him, but then he sort of goes off the scene. Next week we'll talk more about him, Lord willing. He doesn't get a lot of ink in the Bible. He's just part of the, you know, get, making our way towards Jesus. And Jacob. Jacob's a piece of work. <laughs> That's all you can really say. Jacob is the poster boy for family dysfunction. He's the poster boy for treachery. Yet he is also an incredible demonstration of the grace of God. Of how God uses flawed people to carry out his promises. So maybe you've made a mistake and you think, well, it's all done for me. No. No. Jacob will show us that it's not that way. Jacob shows us just how powerful God is and that nothing, nothing can stop the plans and purposes of God in our lives because God is sovereign. He is in control over all of these things. 
In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes these words in Romans chapter 9, verse 10 through 12. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, not having done any good or evil, that the purposes of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. So if you're here tonight and you're a follower of Jesus, you know why you're here? Because God calls. Remember that the next time you're talking to someone. Don't be like, well, look at me. I figured it out. Really smart. People are like, I went to high school with you. You're dumb as a rock, bro. <laughs> right? You're not really smart, right? No, it's because God calls. It was said to her, the older shall serve the younger. So why Jacob? Why Jacob? Because he's God. Because he's God. There's an old story of Abraham Lincoln sat down with his cabinet and said, hey, I I want to do some stuff. I think we got to, you know, regarding slavery and all these kinds of things. And uh, there were seven other cabinet members there. And, and he said, uh, let's take a vote. And uh, how many vote that we should do this? And how many yays and how many nays? If you're yays, raise your hand. And Abraham Lincoln's with the only one who raised his hand. And he said, how many vote nay? And the other seven guys voted nay. And Abraham Lincoln goes, well, the yays have it. <laughs> and they said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'm the president. <laughs> So what I say goes. So this God's the same way. What God says goes. Right? It's not like we got to vote. Did you ever try to outvote God? We can all vote for anything. Right? All these Americans right now, all American Christians are voting for the way we want the United States to be. God's like, well, get it together. Maybe I'll think about it. But that's not the way it's going to be. Because we are saved by God's grace, but that doesn't mean we just disassociate ourselves from, from living for God. Now, here's the thing we have to remember. Isaiah tells us that God's ways are beyond our ways. Sometimes God's ways, let's be honest, they seem weird. They just seem weird. And they're very unconventional. You're like, well, if I were God, I would do it this way. Well, in the end, we're going to be like, thank God you were not God. And And... If you're new to the faith, you may not like the way God operates. But give it time. And as things work themselves out in your life or don't, and you hang on to God and you find your faith growing, you will be thankful for such things in time. And it takes time. Verse 24 through 26, so when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. Another version says, hairy like a fur coat. Listen, if you're ever visiting a woman in a hospital and she has a baby, don't say your baby's hairy like a fur coat, okay? That's like not cool. That's like, you know. So they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was Jacob. Now, the, the language is not very uh, clear on what his name actually means. It could mean supplanter, which means he took something from somebody else. It could mean that he's a heel grabber. It said that he, grabbed, he took a hold of his heel. And it could mean, may God protect him. I think in Jacob's case, it means all of them. And then it says, Isaac was 60 years old when she 
bore them. So 40 when he got married, 60 when he had the baby, 20 years of pleading with God, God, you made a promise, how about now? How about now? So maybe you're praying for something, and you've been praying for three days. And you're like, come on, man, let's go. Let's, let's get rolling, baby. Right? Are you ready to pray for 20 years for something? Are you ready to pray for 20 years for that kid, right? Some of you heard this story before. My brother and sister were involved with this religious group at one point in time, and some guy heard me on the radio and sent me an email. He knew my name. He knew where I grew up. He knew my address. He knew everything about me. He knew my family's name. And, and he said, we used to have prayer meetings at the end of your driveway for your soul. Ten years before I became a Christian. Ten years. I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. They would say, we'll pray for you. I'd be like, oh, you do that. You do that. And so here we have, the, he waits all this time. In the midst of their pain, what did they finally see? That God was in control. And God keeps his promises. But to be honest, we have to face an important fact that a lot of our pain is, is self-inflicted, isn't it? We don't like to admit that. And sometimes we have lessons that we have to learn. So let's go through an example here. Number three, the mistake of favoritism. The mistake of favoritism. You know, um, Isaac's life is flying by. Remember, we waited chapter after chapter after chapter for him to arrive, but now that he's had kids, it, it's, it's going quickly. And, um, and it says this, So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. So what was he? He was a redneck, right? Okay, pickup truck, gun rack on the back. It was actually, that was the guy was supposed to do back then, supposed to go hunting. And so... Uh, but Jacob was a mild, or some verses say quiet man, dwelling in tents. Now, he was a shepherd, but it also could be a comparison to Abraham because Abraham was a tent dweller. We don't know for sure. But now look at this, verse 28. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. So he liked his son better. Isaac uh, liked Esau better because he brought him food. That, that's not cool, is it? And then it says, but Rebecca loved Jacob. And the idea is she loved him more. So they each have their favorites. Unfortunately, Isaac did not learn a valuable lesson about his life, one that he had heard about and one that he had lived. He heard earlier from the book of Genesis, no doubt he knew the story, that Cain was less favored than Abel. So what did Cain do? He killed him. That's one way to solve who's the favorite, right? <laughs> Now I'll be the only one left. He killed him. But then he also learned that in time, Ishmael was less favored than Isaac, and he watched with his own family how south that whole thing went. Parents, please note, favoritism will not turn out well. Convince all of your children that they are your favorite. Okay? 
How many of you right now are willing to say that you're God's favorite? Please raise your hand, everyone in this room, please. Please, come on. Everybody raise your hand. You are God's favorite. Yes, you're God's favorite. Right? We're all God's favorite. Right? I, I, you know, I thought once my kids were raised, I would, I would get over this stuff. But you know it's really hard? Being a pastor and not having favorites. I feel like I got to do the same thing again. I'm like, oh, man. Because you, you can't have favorites. You got to love everybody. I love everybody. Some of you are like Jacob, and I still love you. <laughs> Not really. You see what this guy does. So, so, but it's easy for people to pick favorites because of what they do for you. It's easy to pick favorites because of interests that you have. You know, those of you with boys and girls, you know the girls are much better at keeping in touch than the boys. That's, gen- that's the general rule. It's not always that way. You know, <laughs> the boys are like, well, if I die, I'll call you. <laughs> that, that might be the easiest thing to do to play favorites, but the consequences will be terrible. Isaac will be deceived, and Rebecca will have to say goodbye to Jacob when he leaves. And later on, stupid Jacob favors Joseph because of the way he because he loves his mother more than the other women that he had kids with. So what does all the brothers do? They put him in a ditch, put him on eBay and sell him. Right? Younger brother, cheap. <laughs> Set him down to Egypt. Right? They can't stand him. Now you say, but God picked Jacob. Well, okay, but let's be on guard and prayerfully consider the potential for bad family decisions. All right, number four, the mistake of taking God's gifts for granted. The mistake of God's, another self-inflicted pain, taking God's gifts for granted. You could say of being too casual with God's gifts. Verse 29 through 31, now Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was weary. Some versions say he was famished. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew for I am weary. He's like, oh, so tired. I'm so starving, man. I I need some food. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. Or first sell me your birthright as of this day. So what is the birthright? It's very important to understand this. The birthright is what happens when you're born the oldest, you're born first, you, you become the, it's a status symbol, you become the head of the family, you get, a, you get a bigger inheritance. Now, some of you may not be familiar with that. We had that in our family. My grandfather, who he insists I'm named after him, but I have the same name as my father. I don't know how that works, but um, I am the third. But anyway, he was the second son. They lived in Ireland, and the father died. And my grandfather, got my, his, his older brother, got the farm. And my grandfather got a painting of his father. And they were both drunks. I know Irish people drunks. You're very surprised. And... Um, and eventually, his older brother lost the farm. 
My, well, my grandfather was like, before that happened, he goes, I'm out of here. I'm going to the United States. So he's off in the United States. And then he lost the farm. And so we lost kind of track with those people. And then they found us, swindled some of my people out of money over here on this side. They're like, did they ask you for money? I go, yeah, of course he did. Did you lend him money? I said, of course I didn't. Did you? Uh, no. Um, uh. <laughs> and you know what they did? They had the nerve to ask for the picture back. Can you believe it? My mother lunged over the picnic table at them. <laughs> right? She said, over my dead body. <laughs> right? My, my dad was deceased by then. And then I called her up and I said, Mom, they offered me like $25,000 for the painting. She, I said, she said, are you going to take the deal? I said, I am. She says, fine, you're out of my will. <laughs> I said, I'm just kidding, Mom. I'm going to get a copy made and go over and sell it to them. <laughs> but, but that's how important the birthright is. I mean, you get everything when you're the oldest. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.